Hello, this is David Wilcoxon, and this is part four of four videos that prove that the six things declared in Daniel 9.24 were completed during the 70th week, which took place from 27 to 34 AD. Please watch the first three videos to understand the proper context. The narrative in Daniel 9 is about two covenants, the Mosaic Covenant and the Everlasting Covenant of Peace which converge at Messiah's blood sacrifice as the spotless lamb on Passover in the spring of 31 AD. Regarding the phrase to seal up the vision and prophecy, man cannot seal up the vision and prophecy, so this can't apply to the Jews. It's not declaring that all prophecy in the Bible has to be fulfilled, but that the prophecies regarding the Jews and Messiah would be fulfilled during the 70 weeks of Daniel. The Law and the Prophets refer to the writings in the Old Testament, which point to Messiah, not to New Testament prophecies. The Mosaic Law and Covenant pointed to Messiah. He sealed them up, accomplished them, and answered them to a tittle. All things written in the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms concerning Messiah were fulfilled in Him. Many Old Testament prophecies point to the coming of the Promised Anointed One, Messiah the Prince. Messiah fulfilled the prophecy to Abraham that a great nation would be formed through Abraham's seed. Galatians 3.16 tells us that the seed of Abraham is Messiah. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Galatians 3.28-29 tells us that the followers of Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles, are Abraham's seed who received the promises made to Abraham. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isaiah 9 gives a prophecy about Messiah to the house of Israel before they were scattered, that his light would shine upon them. It says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in the Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light shined. So it speaks in present tense, but it's pointing to Messiah. It continues, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Messiah fulfilled this prophecy at the start of his multi-year ministry. Matthew four thirteen to 17 says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Daniel 9.25-26 is a prophecy about Messiah coming to die for our sins, as it points to him being cut off, killed by a violent death, but not for any crime or sin that he committed. Daniel 9.27 is a prophecy about Messiah the Prince ending the need for temple animal sacrifices, as his one-time atonement for sin, as the spotless lamb, pays the price for all sin. As you've seen in the Daniel 9.24 explanation videos, Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about Messiah coming to pay the price for our transgressions. The Jews who believed that Messiah fulfilled the prophecies which pointed to him were saved, but the majority of Jews rejected him and were lost. The angel declared to Joseph about Mary's pregnancy, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. An angel told Joseph to take Messiah to Egypt. Matthew 2.14-15 says, He arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. In the Jewish synagogue in Galilee, at the start of Messiah's multi-year ministry, he proclaimed that the prophecy in Isaiah was fulfilled with him. Luke 14, 17-21 says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and set out. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. When Messiah was in Galilee calling his disciples, we see this narrative in John 1, 43-45. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Matthew 2.23 says, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. In Matthew 5.17, Messiah declared, Think not that I came to destroy the law or prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Matthew eight sixteen to 17 says, But when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our affirmities, and bare our sicknesses. Matthew twelve seventeen to 18 says, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Matthew thirteen thirty four to 35 says, All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world.
Matthew 21, 1-4 says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. Matthew 26, 53-56 says, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Matthew 27.35 says, And they crucified him, and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Mark 15.27-28 says, And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand, and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, And he was numbered with the transgressors. John 15.24-25 says, If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. John 17.12 says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. John 19.28 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. John 19.33-36 says, But when they came to Jesus, and saw he was dead already, they break not his leg. But one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And we knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. The bone of him shall not be broken. Messiah talked with the two men who traveled the road to Emmaus after he was crucified. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. To his disciples, Messiah proclaimed, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. Acts three seventeen to 18 says, And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things, which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. 1 Peter 1, 10-12 says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired, and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, and the glory that should follow. 
unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent them from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Regarding the phrase to anoint the most holy, can a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem where animal sacrifices occur be anointed? No, as it denies Messiah's one-time sacrifice for sin. The temple of God in which he dwells is spiritual. Messiah is the cornerstone, the disciples the foundation, and the saints are the stones that make up the walls. Daniel 9, 25 and 26 point to Messiah, Mashiach in the Hebrew. The word means anointed, usually a consecrated person. The office of a prophet in 1 Kings 19.16, a priest in Exodus 28.41, and a king in 1 Samuel 10.1 were anointed. Messiah fulfills all of those roles. The word prince in Daniel 9.25 and 26 is Nagid, which describes a commander, a captain, a chief, a leader, a ruler. 1 Samuel 9.16 and 10.1, 2 Samuel 5.2-3, 1 Kings 1, 34-35, and 1 Chronicles 11, 2-3, and 29 and 22 refer to the king of Israel being anointed. Messiah is the king of Israel, who was anointed at the start of his ministry. The Strong's Greek dictionary word for the title of Christ, Christos, means anointed. It's based on the Greek word krio, which means to consecrate to an office or religious service. All four Gospels record that the Holy Spirit descended on Messiah at his baptism, marking his anointing. Messiah was consecrated, anointed, when he began his ministry. Luke 3, 21-22 says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape, like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee I am well pleased. We can see that the 70 weeks of Daniel 9 prophecy is not just pointing to Messiah appearing to die, but to his multi-year ministry. Mark 1, 23-24 says, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. Acts 2.27 says, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Acts 3.14 says, But ye denied the holy one and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted to you. Acts 4.27 says, For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. So right there, we see it saying that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. When did he do that? At his baptism, at the beginning of his multi-year ministry. Scripture points to the most holy place in the temple. Messiah proclaimed to be the temple. He is the high priest of the most holy heavenly temple. In John 2:19, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So indeed, the most holy temple of the heavenly Father, Messiah, our high priest, was anointed during the beginning of his ministry. Adam Clark's commentary on the Bible from 1832 says, Here it means the consecration or appointment of our blessed Lord, the Holy One of Israel, to be the prophet 
priest and king of mankind. The demands of Daniel 9 point to Messiah's sacrificial death in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel 9. It marks the transition from the Old Testament ceremonial law traditions of the Israelite priest as Messiah our high priest rendered them obsolete. We can see that all six of these purposes declared in Daniel 9.24 were fulfilled during the seventh week of Daniel. Now let's relate those six things to Daniel 9.26 which says, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Isaiah 53.8 says, He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. The six items were fulfilled by Messiah, not because of anything he did, as he was sinless, but because it was done to atone for our sins. Through his redemptive work, Messiah made an end of sins, made reconciliation for iniquity, and brought in everlasting righteousness. This is what is being declared in Daniel 9.27, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. Messiah's one-time sacrifice as the spotless lamb ended the need for temple animal sacrifices. I hope this helps you see that it was Messiah who fulfilled the six things in Daniel 9.24, so that you understand that it's not about the end times. The amazing narrative of the 70th week of Daniel is the pinnacle of human history when the anointed one who came from heaven laid down his life as a sacrifice to atone for our sins. It gives us proof of Messiah's deity and its perfect fulfillment. Applying it to an end times antichrist is a serious error. There will not be an end times seven year dispensation period when the heavenly father deals with the Jews after a supposed pre-tribulation rapture of the saints. We pray that the Spirit moves in Jews' lives to bring them into a covenant relationship with the Father through the Son. Still, Messiah's Ecclesia, the Commonwealth of Israel, has been made up of believing Jews and Gentiles since the first century. I pray that you'll watch all the videos in this series and reconsider what you've been taught in light of the scriptures. In the next video, I'll prove who are the people and the prince in Daniel 9, 25-27 as people insert the wrong characters, creating conflicts in the narrative. If this video helped you, please click on the thumbs up, make a comment, and share it with others. You can print out PDF summaries, request a free PDF copy of the 70th week of Daniel 9 decoded book, or get a printed copy at www.70thweekofdaniel.com. That's all for today. I love y'all. Shalom.